to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined on this first podcast of the new year by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. HNY. HNY. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> when you said HNY to me in an email, I'm like, oh, she's always so like hip and cutting edge with her her uh, acronyms. So well no, it's, it's by this point in the holidays, you're just like, okay, what? And what point do you stop? And also that's okay. So you, so, so yeah, so you're a little sick of happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you know, whatever you happen to say. And then also, um, what point do you stop saying happy new year? That's kind of the eternal question because it feels like it's already <laughs> over, right? It's the third day and I'm already like, all right, we're, we're deep into this 2018, you know, but then you'll get to like the 17th and someone will still be like, happy new year. And you're like, mm, not so much. I have to say that, uh, Portland really just to me took, a pass on saying anything. I mean, people in stores just were not saying anything in the entire month of December. Like we definitely were early on to the happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas thing. Mm -hmm. But there was none of that. There was none of that. There was barely even a like, thank you. And Mm. so I sort of took it upon myself to start to start doing it. And um, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be the one who has to lead this charge. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Well, yeah, but maybe, maybe that's your, you know, maybe, so maybe try to keep happy new year going until the end of January in Portland. Let's see how you do with that. Okay. Hashtag everything. Happy new year. Happy new year. Right. I don't have any athletic resolutions, but gall dang it. I am going to say happy keep new year going. for a month. <laughs> For sure. So, so, but you have a wonderful, uh, I don't know if it's quite a resolution, but you have taken um, the plunge on a, a new athletic endeavor in yeah. this new year. Yeah, share, share. I have. Well, I mean, um, so it's swimming, which isn't that uh, new for me because I've been swimming quite a bit in 2017. Um, but I decided that I needed to uh, commit to it because mm-hmm. that's the fir- it's the first thing to go. I mean, I will tell you with the equipment and the drive, it's a little bit of a drive for me. And, um, and just, you know, it's dark and I don't want to change and put on a cold swimsuit and then get in the water burr, <laughs> you know, it's, it takes me about 200 to feel like I'm, you know, normal body temperature again. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I joined a master's team or I, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I could say I joined, I joined, I, I bought a 20 punch pass for a master's team. How's that for as minimal commitment as I can get? Equivocating. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that and I did my first swim with them the Saturday before New Year's. Um, mm-hmm. And that was good. And then, um, and then Monday they had a two hour practice on New Year's day. They had a two hour practice. Um, wow which was long for sure. Um, and, uh, and I did that and, um, and we swam 5,000 meters. I talked about oh. this yesterday, the heart rate podcast. So I apologize if you're like, I, I know Dimity, I know you swam <laughs> 3.1 miles, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be good. I mean, I, it, it's a very, very like low key. It's the equivalent oh. of a 20 punch pass for masters. It, I don't think they compete. I oh. may have been one of the younger people there. Um, uh-huh. it's, you know, it's not the DU Aquaholics, you know, where they've got like college, <laughs> I love that name. you know, uh-huh. I know the college age swimmers who, you know, have just graduated from Berkeley and now they're continuing their you sure. know Olympic quest. This is very much the other side of things. It's, you know, great. It seems like a very nice group of people, very low key. Um, you know, the speeds are very attainable for someone like myself who is not, you know, didn't swim in high school or college. So, um, so it'll be good. It's more the accountability, right. Which we all need. And I, and, um, and it's nice to have the team. Like, it's just nice to have 
somebody, you know, Saturday, I was just like, oh, it's so nice to be like following someone else's bubbles, right? And just to be like, I don't have to just <laughs> swim by myself, you know? Following so, someone else's bubbles. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like riding on a Peloton, but in the swimming sense. And, right. I'll, and, then, and then I'll just jump ahead for a second because I, I put this up in the blog today. I'm hoping in August to do I mean, I, I am signed up for it, a race in Maine, in Portland, mm-hmm. Maine, called the Oteo, which is a swim run, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a run. Yes, it is. But it's also more of a hike slash – basically, you swim between islands, and then you cross the islands on foot. Um and uh, it's very fun. It's very adventurous. Um, I'm doing yeah. it. With, you have to do it with a friend, um, uh-huh. my friend Katie, who is an ultra runner who I've talked about, you know, um, you know, occasionally on this podcast. And I are going to do it together. You got to stay together as a team. So it's got a bunch of different elements to it. And the reason why I bring it up now is because um, just being in a lane with somebody else, because most of the time when I swim by myself, I've got the lane out to myself. So yeah. just, you know, being in a lane with four other women, like I get a little bit of the rough water experience, you know, or more than I would on <laughs> swimming by myself. So just having, you know, like kicking next to me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I just took in some water. Like it, it's a good, uh-huh. it's a good, um, you know, step to get to um, eventually what I need to do is to be able to swim in I mean, I've never swam in the ocean. You know, I was about to say, Tim, you're not you're not going to have a whole bunch of um ocean, uh, open water experience. You know, being living there in Denver, it's not like you know you can drop down to the bay and go. go Exactly. So yeah, we are going to do some open water swims for sure. Katie and I have talked about that this summer. You know, and getting out and um running, slow running. You know, she's very okay with. I, I don't know if I'll be able to run the full distance. Um, you know, she's very okay with fast hiking slash it's more like trail running slash fast hiking. You know, it's not, what's, it is the, not, what's the distance on foot? I think it's 12 miles, but it's spread out over. I, I don't know exactly. I haven't looked at it super closely, but I mean, I think it's five or six segments, right? So mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not running a half marathon, you know, back to back. I'll have swimming in between. So I'll have a lot to talk about. We don't have to go into this now because Lord knows it's just going to make me nervous. <laughs> it's only January and it's eight months away. Blub, 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 blub. There's some bubbles but, for you. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but yeah, so I'm going to start swimming with this group um, Wednesdays, although not today. Today I'm supposed to be there <laughs> at noon, but I am not because I'm on this podcast. Because you're, um, but because you're dedicated to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, exactly. Wednesdays and Saturdays, I'm hoping. So twice a week and then one swim by my own. I have to say that I am just amazed that there is any low key uh, athletic endeavor in the state of Colorado. Just everything about the state is so hardcore. I mean, from your, from your kid, I mean, your, the stories of your kids athletics way more hardcore than they are here in Portland. And just, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you, you know, yeah. I I mean, I mean, but okay, but maybe, you know, so like, you know, I've talked about high school swimming with you a little bit, um, you know, but Amelia's going to 5A, which is like the biggest conference, like the most competitive conference. If she was like in a 2A or a, I don't even know if that, you know, but like, you know, like, I feel like there's probably levels in Portland that because mm. you have such arts focused kids, you may not know about. No, I mean, I've had, I've met parents who have moved here from other states, like parents who moved here, like from New Jersey or Michigan, and their kids were pretty much like, I think I've said this before on the podcast, were like mediocre swimmers in those states, and they come here, and swimming in particular is so not a sport here in Oregon that their kids are like the stars. 
Oh, um, yeah. Well, that's so, and, 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 and even uh, I talked to a mom once from Alaska who was like, oh, yeah, my kid was like middle of the pack in Alaska. And here in Oregon, you know, she's winning medals. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> well, maybe Portland. You guys are good at soccer, though. Yeah. I mean, I think we are very, soccer. I put those yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I don't know. That's that's interesting. Um, well, we'll have to compare notes because, you know, back in the day, I was on a very, very competitive master's team when I um, lived in San Francisco. And um, oh, my gosh. And I was with so I was in my gosh, my mid 20s, my early 20s. And I was swimming with like a man who'd had quadruple bypass surgery. And like, I mean, there were people who were not headed off to a job because they were all retirees in my lane. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been on those kind of teams too. I was on a team like that in Colorado Springs. And like I said, the DU team here in Denver is pretty um, intense that way. Like they compete, right? This group, I mean, it's the rec center. You swam there. Oh, you I know. know. I, lo- um, I love that pool. I did too. I do too. Yeah. And it's very, like, it just feels right right now. I mean, uh-huh. I want, I, you know, I just, it just feels right. It doesn't, Good. there's no pressure. I can just you know, hang out. And um, Melanie, the coach is very nice. And and the other thing that I really like about it, and then I'll shut up about it, but <laughs> I really like it because um, she sets the workouts during the workout. I mean, I know oh. she plans them in advance, you know, mentally mm-hmm. I've asked her, she, she gets them ready in her head, but mm-hmm. then it's not like, it's not written up on the board. So mm. like we did our theme on, um, on New Year's day was 18. Right. And so it was like 50, 18, or 1850s, 1850s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do those and then, I don't know what's coming next after that. Mm. So it's not like you can dread it, you know, like when, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going to the track and you're like, oh, I've got to do X, Y, Z, you know, six, eight hundreds or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you can dread it, but, but you're in the pool, you're already wet. You're like, oh, now we're doing four sets of 450. Oh, all right, fine. You know, like, and you just do it, you know, <laughs> you follow the bubbles. So, anyway. oh, so wait, oh I don't know what you got for Christmas. Did you get a spoon for Christmas? <laughs> I did not get a spoon. I did. I did. However, did I tell you, I did get my garbage can that I asked for. I saw that. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, you got 1,500 miles, which is even better, right? Yeah, I did. I gave a present to myself and I finished that up. So yeah, so with, um, as I mentioned before, that I had never kept track of my annual mileage, and I was always so envious. Or particularly, I remember at the end of um, 2016, I was um, envious of people who had kept track of their mileage. And so I talked to a couple of people about how they did it. And, you know, with technology, it's not pretty not easy. All that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but I didn't keep an eye on it. And then on December 18th, I suddenly was like, whoa, I'm really close to 1500. And I had at some point, maybe last January, I'd put in that I wanted to do 1400 miles uh, in 2017. I'd put that in as my goal on Strava. And so I saw that I'd gone past that and saw that I was, you know, 57 or 53 miles or something away from 1500. And so it really kept me very accountable because we had um, frozen rain on top of snow here the day before on um, Christmas Eve day. And so Christmas, the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th, I had to run in yak tracks because it was quite icy out. Sure. And uh, so, you know, did I find running on yak tracks, um, it's, you know, a little harder on the system than it is to run just in a regular pair of running shoes. So I didn't want to do my, you know too much mileage so I did five miles each day so got in 15 there and uh so yeah I was very excited so um I ended up doing uh 1,508.6 miles so wow that's awesome that's (laughs) so cool yeah yeah so I mean it was definitely the marathon training that got me there Sure, Um, sure yeah so um yeah no it was uh 
I, I was very excited about it. And then it was funny. I, I was um, sharing my experience with our friend Michael Goff, the father runner in Massachusetts. And he was saying, though, that and he was also going after um, an annual goal. And he was saying he feels, a, um, you know, let down now, you know, kind of that sort of similar to post-race blues of like, oh, OK, there I exceeded my goal. And, you know, it's like Sisyphus, you know, now you're back at the bottom of the, well, I was gonna of say, the yeah, hill. that odometer <laughs> like rolls over to zero, zero, zero. It kind of right. That's hurts a, good analogy. a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then this yeah. morning on my run, I was thinking about that. And I was like, oh, and it's also the same thing with found change. Like now I'm back to, you know, I mean, Molly and I went out on New Year's Day and was with a specific goal to find some change. And so, um, but, and I guess I'll share my, my tally was uh, found uh, in 2017, found $23.19 while running. Wow. Yeah. All, ch- all changed, no paper. Um, so yeah. So anyway, so, but both those now, now it's, you know, back to zero, zero for everything. So, um, anyway, yeah. yeah. No, that's right. But that's awesome. And and, you know, it's so nice because at the end of the year, like when you need that kick of the pants around, Mm -hmm. you know, mid December, if you do have that goal, you're like, Oh, okay. I can, I can go for it. Oh Um, yeah. Sarah, I have to tell you, you know, I, I am not the found change girl in this situation, but you know, that, that, that week, I had a mm-hmm. week of twenty one dollars. Um, I know so I found twenty. I found a one walking Mason, right? Uh-huh. And so I I put that up on Instagram. I put the one dollar in his collar. I was very excited. And then um, speaking of uh, swimming uh, and and swimming meets in high school, uh-huh. walking out of the parking lot, um, like uh, walking out of a swim meet in the um, almost empty parking lot, and there was just a twenty line right there. Right, well, you told and Amelia me, you was told- like. That's mine. And I was like, no, it's not. It's mine. I'm here. And I picked it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's right. My, uh, our family, uh, they give me all their found money. Um, and we keep it in one jar. And so I t- tallied that. And that was $11.89. Um, Sweet. And I keep it in that 40, cute that's little. 40 bucks. I know. Yeah. 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 If I ever did anything with it. <laughs> uh, Molly donated her um found change she donated hers to um uh, uh organization that feeds the homeless here in portland and um so i'm contemplating what i should be doing with my money so because i have quite a stash of previous years change in my closet on like the very very top shelf so it's just sitting there waiting yeah. waiting for well, the big and you one know what and now that you have you know yeah. what augie would um would rally for is a little bulldog rescue those dog rescues always need money oh. i will tell you you know they foster them and um oh. yeah i mean i have, I have the weimaraner one um in my uh in my charity giving queue oh nice nice something to think about yeah yeah, yeah. all right yeah hey, yeah so and um and did you get a spoon for christmas <laughs> <laughs> i did not get a spoon. i got um, a new dishwasher rack. Uh, is that what that's called? A new drying rack. Dish, a new drying rack. rack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was on my list. Um, the other household item that was on my list that I got was a shower rack. It was a year of racks for me, you know, that holds your shampoo and stuff. Yeah. So I got this really nice deluxe one that was like, um, it's like two levels, you know, so and like it has little holes so that you can turn like the um, the bottle of shampoo oh, upside, upside down. down. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very Pretend you're in a hotel. Like, place uh-huh. for your razors, place for your loofahs, all that. And, um, and then I put it in our shower and of course, like the, 
the water turner on or dial is too close to oh, the no. shower head. So I cannot use my deluxe rack. So instead, the kids who have a bathtub, so they're, you know, their dial. What is that called? The faucet, I guess? The, uh, yeah, the, not the spigot. Um, mm-hmm. The not dial. I don't know. Alex, what do you think yeah. you call that thing that you turn the handle to make it be hot to cold? <laughs> Oh, look, it's good. A young person can't think of the word either. Okay, all right. Anyway, we'll yeah. the faucet. There's, they have a bathtub, so that's closer to the tub, right? Uh-huh. And then you pull up the little, you know, plunger thing to get the shower to turn on. So they get the new rack. Oh, my already, goodness. I was so excited about it. I loved it so much. I took off all the tags and the cardboard and stuff. <laughs> oh, and gosh. so, um, and so, and I get their old one because my, ours was really rusty and it was like leaving bricks on the, on the I wall, love you so. saying, because you loved it so much. You just <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? You got to pick your wins where you can, you know, like I wasn't going to be able to try a new cashmere sweater, but I was able to get really excited about my rack. So um, those were, that's what I got. And then what else did I get? I got, oh my gosh, I have to, I actually need to put a picture up on this on Instagram. I've been meaning to, um, but you know, the Avid brothers have this line, decide what to be and go be it. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorites ever. I just, I love it. I love it. I love that song. I love the line. I love everything about it. And Sarah, my little sister, um, had been taking a pottery class mm. and she made me this cute box to kind of um, whatever it holds. I don't know what it'll hold. Um, but in the bottom, it says you put, take off the lid and it says decide what to be and go be. It. And it's got a giraffe sticking oh its head gosh. in there, which no is kind way. of, you know, what we call my, I mean, spirit animal. I don't know, whatever, but you know, that's, that, that's the animal I di- identify most with. And I just, I mean, I started crying. I was so touched by it. That was probably uh-huh. my best present. Oh, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. You totally need to put up yeah. a picture of that on Instagram yeah. at the mother. It's Runner. awesome. It's very uh-huh. cool. It's, oh. it's very, very cool. What about you? What was your best gift? Oh, there weren't many to choose from. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got a shower rack too? Yeah, no. How about the dog? The the, uh, the dog. Yeah, yeah, we. Um, uh, Molly asked me the other day on a run. She said, "So rank um, your family members in order of ha- how much they love the dog." And I put myself first, and I put <laughs> Phoebe, and it's, and uh, Phoebe, then Jack, then John, then a very far distant Daphne, because she's very loyal to the cat, who's having a very tough transition. Miller's having a very tough time with the dog. And um, so I told, Jack was out on New Year's Day watching football with some of his friends, so I told the kids, and they got incensed. They're like, Mom! you do not love the dog more than Phoebe loves the dog. They all like rallied around how much Phoebe loves Augie. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, oh, dad loves him the least. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, have you seen your dad with that dog? Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, um, so yeah, Augie's the present. Augie is the present. Yeah. The yeah. present in many ways. That's great. Yeah. Is, it, yeah. is, this, is his tummy all better? Uh, we just started him on round two of antibiotics because it seemed like it was did not seem to be kicked by round one of double dose of antibiotics. So he is back on them again. Uh, quadrupling it this time? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, and he's such a prankster with uh, not like pretending like he swallows the pill. And then, you know, he oh! like puts it on the floor like a minute later. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, have you learned the trick about how to shove it down their throat? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my goodness! This morning I just was like, dude, you and, and after I did, it, I'm like, Jack, can you imagine having to do this to the cat? Like you just have these <laughs> bloody stumps. Whereas with the dog, I'm like, yeah, my finger is like halfway down his throat, and I'm like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Get it in there. Get it in there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
Right. Oh my goodness. So anyway, so that's that's enough of, of my dog's intestinal tracks. Um, so let's move on to uh, new year, new programs and uh, advice uh, from some coaches. Our guests today are three coaches slash experts from the Train Like a Mother Club. Uh, Jennifer Harrison, one of the triathlon coaches, Justin Ross, the mental training expert, and Jen Gill, who leads the Ragnar Relay programs in the starting next week, Stride into the Goo Year. Tim and I will kick things off with Jen Gill after this short break. Stay tuned. Jen Gill, welcome to the show. Hello there. Uh, let's start with a sh- uh, refresher on you as a mother and a runner. Oh, goodness. Well, I am a mom of three. I have a boy who's 12 and then twin girls that are going to be seven in March. So pretty busy with those jokers. And then um, I've been running pretty much all my life, uh, started in seventh grade. So a long time ago, uh, I've been coaching about 12 years now. And uh, yeah, it's great. Awesome. And you have a, um, you're not just a running coach, you are a personal trainer, right? And you have some nutrition background as well. Correct. Yes. So I'm a personal trainer. And then also I do sports nutrition as well. Nice. So you recently led our awesome badass mother team to Ragnar. Okay, say it for me. Is it Alafia or Alafia? It's Alafia. Alafia. Okay. Oh, actually, no. I think it's Alafia. Oh, mm. even better. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Ragnar Alafia. I've never used that one, so that's good. Yeah. Um, I had to look it up. That was in Florida in December. Um, and so tell us about that adventure. How did it go? Oh, man. It was... It was awesome. It really was fantastic. Um, you know, none of us had met. We we held that giveaway um, to build our team and picked seven ladies to join me in Alafia. And uh, we all arrived by Thursday. And um, there were two Floridians, and then the rest of us were from all over the country. So, um, you know, we all gathered on Thursday. We got to the campsite and set up camp. It was hot. Um, we were eaten alive by mosquitoes. Um, oh, I wasn't geez. prepared for that. Um, even though I grew up on the East Coast, I live in California now, so we don't. I don't deal with those types of oh, like swamp yeah. bugs. Mm. Um, that was not fun. <laughs> so uh, we set up camp. It was great. Um, However, camping Thursday night, you know, as many teams as possible pretty much set up their camp Thursday night so that they can get like the true Ragnar Trail experience. However, our neighbors uh, were were quite rowdy throughout the night and uh, it was like an open aired fraternity party gone mad. It was just, it was really nutty. I ended up sleeping in my car so I could get at least a little bit of sleep. Some of my teammates were actually able to, to get some rest, but I was, I just would have been like fuming in my tent. So I just went into the car and got some, some sleep there. And then Friday morning, you know, we checked in, we were ready to go. And I think we, if I remember correctly, we started around nine 30 and just kept going. It was great. The, the first, um, the first, all of us, our first runs were great. And then the rain started at about nine 30 PM. So, you know, we had all gotten our first loop in and then it started thundering and lightning. They had to postpone the race mm. about three hours, I think. Um, and we're all, you know, huddled in our tents and um, <laughs> trying to withstand thunderstorms and lightning. I believe there was a tornado warning. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. 
it was crazy, but, but really fun to be perfectly honest. We had a really, really good time. And then our runner was able to go, um, I guess it was about four hours later. She ended up running her loop. It was still raining. And it was so funny when she came back, she's like, this was exhilarating. This was the best time ever. Her best run she had. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. So, I mean, we all just kept an open mind and just tried to roll with the punches as best we could. We ended up having to double up our runners so that we could finish up on time on Saturday. And, uh, and yeah, we did, we finished, I guess around four or five, I don't remember and went and got dinner, um, took down the tents and stuff first, obviously, and then went and got food and then, uh, just hung out for the rest of the night. We all, we all headed back home on Sunday. So, but it was a great weekend. I couldn't have asked for a better team. We had a really great time. We're, we're, oh, we're trying to plan something for this year now. Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's that fantastic. happens all the time. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's so great because yeah, people come in, they're like, Oh, I don't know. I've met these people on the internet, and then all of a sudden they're like BFFs forever. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We had a really great time. And what oh about my. the what about the wildlife? I know you either saw a snake or an alligator. Which one? An alligator. alligator so our okay. last our last girls, um, they were our last runners doing the red loop, which was the one that went by the. I know it's supposed to go through a river, supposed to go through the park, but it really just looked like a big like swamp to me, <laughs> covered in this like green algae. I couldn't imagine. I would have had to do that loop at night. I couldn't imagine doing it at night. And the the one girl, Kristen, who came back, who said this was exhilarating, she ran that loop at at night. I would have been like freaked beyond belief. Um, but anyway, the last group of girls went to do that red loop and. Yeah, they saw an alligator. Um, I think they said it was about 15 feet long. <gasps> and oh my gosh. Yeah, we had. I had posted a video to the mother runner, and I don't remember if it's if you could hear it, the audio. But one of the girls was one of the locals, and she was like, "I'm an I'm a Floridian, and I've never seen an alligator this big, this majestic, beautiful creature." It was just hilarious. <laughs> and she had gone to Florida State, so she's like, "I'm I'm not a gator fan, but look at this beautiful." beautiful bees. Oh, it was hilarious. But of course, one of the girls, you know, was terrified and it was her, her worst nightmare. She, she was worried the whole time she was going to see an alligator. And of course, she's the one that oh, sees no. an alligator. Oh, no. so. yes, yes. It's because she put it out so there into the universe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they survived, they are more badass for it. And it just, you know, added to the experience. Sweet. <laughs> So, um, so as long as we're talking about Ragnar, um, the, you lead the Ragnar plans in another mother runner club. I mean, a train yeah. like a mother club. Um, we've got um, two plans for the for the road and the trail. Right, finish it and mm-hmm. crush it. Is that what they're called? Yep. 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 Okay. I want to make sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, what what kind of advice do you have for for mother runners doing relays in 2018? Well, I mean, I think that doing a Ragnar is just an experience like no other, and every Everyone should consider doing it at least once, um, both a road and a trail, because they offer different experiences. Um, you know, a road Ragnar is is point to point. You start in one spot and end in another, and you are living the van life for those thirty six <laughs> hours, where you you know travel from from exchange point to exchange point. 
And um, I mean, living in a van for for two days is is an experience to behold. And, uh, you know, you become very close with your van mates very quickly and, uh, you know, have a great time. And depending on which Ragnar you do, you know, your your sights are beautiful. Your running through the night is interesting. And uh, and it's it's a great time. And then trail Ragnar, you know, you're you're camping in a in a park of some sort and then running the trails. So your your stop and end or excuse me, start and stop points are the same for each loop. But you and then you're camping in between. So, you know, that's a different experience in that respect. You don't have to worry about, you know, going from point to point. But um you know, if it, even, and it's, it's funny because I would say maybe half of the girls on our team d- had never camped before. Mm. So, oh, you know, wow. there was that stress <laughs> traveling to a place like, how do you bring equipment and all that kind of stuff? Thankfully, you know, Southwest allows those two bags checked for free. So that's what I packed <laughs> all my stuff in. But, um, you know, so each one has a different experience. Um, and I think they're both they're both worthwhile. And I would say as far as training goes, you know, of course, with any training plan, you want to make sure you give yourself enough time to prepare for your races. But, you know, with Ragnar, since you're going to be running three times over the course of your, you know, 36 hours, you want to make sure that you're putting in, you know, double runs or, you know, towards the end, we even have a, you know, Friday and Saturday where you're covering three, three runs over those two days to mimic your Mm -hmm. race. So that's probably the most important thing, you know, because, adding that into your training, you can see how your body responds when it's getting tight and nutrition and hydration and all those fun things that you need to keep track of over the course of your relay. So yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. We had some really great times uh, throughout the year with the, with the various Ragnars that everyone was training for in the club. So it was great to see everyone's photos and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun. Absolutely. Fun. And do you find that on the trail, I've never done one of those, that uh, your legs maybe got less sore than they did because you weren't trapped inside a van, you know, kind of in the that airplane seat position the entire time while you weren't running? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say so. Um, you know, there's definitely more opportunity to foam roll and, and to massage. And they even had, um, you know, massage tables at the village. So oh, nice. at the campsite, you know, there's a Ragnar village that has, you know, where you get your food and, and all that kind of stuff. And they had massage therapists there. And we even joke because one of the ladies, she she went multiple times to that <laughs> massage tent. And, uh, you know, it served her well. She did really well. So, um Good. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the, the cold and the rain wasn't wasn't conducive to me since I'm not used to that weather right now. But in the in the for the most part, definitely, I think the the camping option, if you get past, you know, sleeping in a tent, um, you're, I feel because trails are just more um, they're softer on the body that, yeah, you, did, you don't feel as beat up as you mm-hmm. do driving in a van. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. So Jen, you're also the coach of the stride into the goo year, um, which I have to point out everyone who does that program, which kicks off on Monday, the eighth gets an entire box of Stroopwafels, which are just amazing. Oh, so it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and sleeve of shoes and some other great swag. So, but, um, so why do you think it's so critical that, um, you know, bammers keep moving during this for a lot of people is a very cold and, uh, you know, kind of dark time of the year. Why do you think it's so crucial? Well, I mean, I think that just in general, you know, it's important just to have some kind of um, outline of how to what 
you know, how to keep going, whether it's even just a little bit um, here and there, 10, 15 minutes, just to keep the body moving, helps relieve stress, keeps that immune system Mm. boosted. That's really the most important thing um, is to relieve stress and keep that immune system um, humming nicely to get rid of all the bugs that -hmm. are going around right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And just having a group like this, you know, that Facebook group is amazing in terms of support and encouragement. And even if, you know, you go on there and say, you know what, I didn't make my workout, I didn't do it. I mean, there's 50 ladies that will comment saying, oh, you're, you're, you're still doing a great job. There's always tomorrow. It's all about moving forward. So I think that as long as you're focusing on taking small steps, you'll, you will get to those larger goals. And that, you know, most of us will have some kind of goal like later on in the year. And if we can just kind of chip away at it now, even if it's just a little bit here and there, it won't be so hard to get started when you're really ready to get right down into your training for whatever you have down the road. Definitely. Um, so, so yeah, so exactly. We talk a lot about just forward movement and consistency in the stride programs. In your experience as a coach, you know, what elements are um, really important to make sure that exercise stays a consistent habit? Like what are some things that you see both with the athletes you coach and the people you, you know, do personal training sessions with? Like who is, what do you see as, um, as keys to consistency? Well, I think, you know, setting up an actual appointment with yourself, whether it's with a coach or with a a trainer, you know, in person or on your own, you know, setting an appointment just as you would to go to the doctor or get your hair done or something like that, that you put on your calendar and that you actually stick with, I think is, is, you know, step number one. And then just making it part of your regular routine. Um, I mean, I think for a lot of us, especially with younger kids, you know, it's hard to do that. Things change on a, on a daily basis, sometimes even an hourly basis. And so it's hard to always stick with, you know, running at the same time every day. But the more that you can do that, I think the better you'll be at keeping that routine. You know, it, it takes a good three weeks just to, to just to establish a new routine when you're starting something new. And as long as you don't give up and you just keep trying, you know, well, that time didn't work for, for me. So maybe if I try this time or whatever, just as long as you keep trying, mm-hmm. I think you'll definitely get to a point where you, you make it a habit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What time do works for you? Just curious. Uh, it just depends on the day. Um, yeah. you know, I'm often working with clients early in the mornings. I would prefer early for myself, but you know, I've got typically I have clients at that time. So I'll go after my clients. I usually have a a pretty big uh, break in between my early, early morning ones and then my mid morning ones. So I'll go at that time. But on the weekend, when it comes to my long run, early morning is better for me. Mm-hmm, Too much sure. stuff going on the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I, this is totally uh, sidebar, but I'm always curious because when I'm at the gym and I see personal trainers, I'm like, it's like, um, how do you motivate? If you're there all day long, like, is it harder to motivate when you are in this situation, but you're not necessarily doing it? You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like motivate for myself, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. cobbler's kids has no shoes. Like that, that idea, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... I don't know. I always keep something on my training plan. Like I'm always training for something, whether it's, you know, uh, just to, just to have the race to do it as part of training or like my a goal race. Um, I always have something on my training plan, which helps me stay motivated and, um, you know, 
keep me moving towards towards something. So for me, I think it's hard for me when I'm 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 with clients um one back to back back to back back to back and then at the end of the day I'm like gosh, I still have to go run. That that moment that's hard, but I know yes. that I'm going to feel horrendous about, you know, <laughs> that guilt and all that kind of stuff if I don't get it done. So, you know, guilt is a good motivator too. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, as a trainer, you certainly see other forms of exercise other than running and, and the stride program is not just, you know, run this day, run that day. What are, you know, the other elements that you think are so key to a fitness routine? Um, definitely strength training. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't be a fast runner, an efficient runner, a strong runner without a, a good solid foundation. And that's where strength training comes in. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hour long, two hour long strength crazy sessions, but, you know, a 30 minutes, 15 minutes here and there a couple times a week, I think is really going to make a big difference. Um, it helps, mm-hmm. you know, not only, you know, strengthen the muscles, but also the soft tissues, the tendons, ligaments that surround the muscles that you know, protect our joints or attach our muscles to our joints. I mean, that's the point of muscles. They move your, your body around joints. And so the stronger your muscles are, the stronger the soft tissues are, the better your body is going to move. So Mm. knee issues, back issues, ankle issues, all that kind of stuff can, can be uh, managed much better, the stronger your foundation is. So strength training, I think is essential. And then Mm. adding in some kind of, you know, flexibility or, um, other movement, so yoga or Pilates or something along those lines where you're focusing on working the body um, and the muscles in their full range of motion. So focusing on the flexibility, but also moving the body through its its entire range of motion, I think is going to be helpful for you as a runner too. So I think yoga is an excellent complement to running in general. Just the kind of the mindfulness of it and, and being present in that moment. Cause I think, you know, runners tend to be very type a and you know, lap splits and mile times and all that kind of stuff. And yoga kind of takes that off the table mm-hmm. and makes you focus more about just being in that moment and relaxing the mind a little bit and not worrying so much about this number and, and, and what your body's going to do you know, four miles down the road, you're, you're right there in that moment and just moving and focusing on what your body can do right then and there. So yeah, I'm a big fan of yoga, but any kind of strength is going to help you, I think is the, the, the best thing that a runner can do for themselves. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing you throughout the year in the various train like a mother clubs. And thanks for joining us, Jen. Oh, well, thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful day. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Next, we're joined by Justin Ross, a Denver-based psychologist who works with runners and triathletes. We're going to talk about the mental aspects of running. This father runner oversees the Perform Like a Mother program. Welcome back to the show, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Happy 2018. And um, as we leap forward into 2018, we want to rewind backwards to 2017. <laughs> maybe one of your um, one of your maybe lowlights, but. Um, you are an awesomely strong, talented runner, but you had a wince-inducing, wince-inducing Boston Marathon qualifying situation. You want to tell us about that? I, I did, yeah. So, I um, and thanks for the the compliment there. I um, so I got to run Boston in April uh, this year, 2017, and it was a hot day, so um, I took it easy. Um, and then it was such an amazing event that I knew I wanted to get back there. So I, I trained for a race and ran a race in September. And um, I qualified. I, I had a cushion of uh, three minutes 
in 17 seconds, which I thought was going to be plenty of time. You know, historically, I think the greatest cutoff ever was uh, 228. So I thought I had enough cushion. And then uh, the day came where they announced the cutoff, and it was uh, a three-minute and 23-second cutoff. Mm. So I missed the bib by, by six seconds. Oh, and and (laughs) also hadn't you hadn't you um qualified earlier last like you had a qualifying time but you wanted to better it or am i making that story up and so you ran slightly faster am i making that up no i i didn't that was the only uh the only chance i had to qualify for 2018 yeah but i guess the nice thing the, the race that i ran was the technically the last weekend for 2018 but the first weekend for 2019 so that time mm. will count for a 2019 bib. So technically, I'm qualified for 2019. I just uh, I think I'll need to better my chances, um, run a little bit faster this coming summer. See, but I wonder whether there's going to be a boomerang effect, and people are going to be so dispirited that you had to, you know, overqualify for lack of a better term, that they'll be like, yeah, mm, no, not going to go for it. Um, do you think? Heck, are you holding out hope that that it. might happen? Yeah, might, yeah. I mean, you never, you never know with uh, with runners and and with what uh, the BAA is going to do for 2019. You know, I know it's certainly a a bucket list item for a lot of people. So, um, I think in order to feel comfortable, you know, I want to try to get at least a five minute cushion, if if not a little bit more. Wow, wow. Oh, well, good luck to you on that one. Hey, thanks. Better, yeah. you, than, better you than us. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as a young male, right? I mean, yeah. it's one thing to be, you know, uh, a middle-aged female, but a young male, man, that's, that is whippersnapper territory. <laughs> <laughs> the times are quick, that's for sure. They are quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the name of the um, TLAM club program you oversees, as I said, is called Perform Like a Mother. So how do you define someone who is performing like a mother? Like what's the mindset and mental tactics that you hope that people, you know, take away from the program and, and use in their rest of their rest of their lives? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the way I approach um, really all runners that I get a chance to work with is learning how to use the mind um, as an asset rather than as a, a liability or, or as an enemy. Um, you know, one of the ways I think about it is our mind is always with us no matter what we're doing or where we're going. And so having some awareness and some understanding about how it's functioning and how it's operating um, is a really important start. And then learning some skills to, to use, both when you're training and um, when you're recovering and also just when you're living so that you can perform at your best. So I, I think about that's the kind of the general umbrella um, that I think about when I work with athletes. And this program that we've set up is really based on kind of three core sections. So we call the first section the foundation, which is really about, um, and this is a great time of year for it, it's really about understanding uh, commitment, motivation, and goal setting and how those things can, um, you know, can work together and, and how you want to use those things um, to your benefit, right? Because that really sets the foundation and the structure for all the other skills that are going to come later. Um, kind of the second area or the second big category we call um, you know, high performance mental skills training, which which is a mouse mouthful, but really it's just about <laughs> understanding uh, understanding you know the thoughts in in your thinking when you're out running, when you're out training, and again how to use your mind as a skill so that you can perform at your best. And then the last mm-hmm. section is we kind of put it all together and we call it execution when it counts. So this mm-hmm. is about having a plan and having some specific things to utilize when it's race day and when, um, you know, when you're trying to go after that goal that you set for yourself earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let me time in here for a second because I was um, lucky enough to be able to sit on on a lot of the sessions in the um, first part of of this 2017, and um, it was really really helpful. And what was interesting is that I think people came in thinking that they were going to learn how to you know utilize a mantra or you know how to break through the wall at mile 18 of a marathon. And and certainly we cover those things on the execution or executing um, when it counts or on race day. But really it's going back and digging deep into the motivation and your goals and your commitment and then practicing. It's that second level when we're talking about the, um, what, what, what's the mouthful? I, I still don't know exactly what it's called. <laughs> the, yeah, we're going to, the high performance mental skills training. High performance mental skills training and um, right. say that 12 times fast, but, right. um, but that's really, I kind of think of that that's phase two and that's taking what you learn and, you know, cementing your goals and everything that you learn in that first phase to mm-hmm. taking that out onto the road every single time you run, mm-hmm. you know, and that sounds more intense than it's supposed to be, but it's just tuning in and realizing what are you thinking and how are you thinking and how can you change that if it isn't benefiting you? And I mean, it just goes so much deeper than, um, than, picking a mantra, you know? Right. And I think people sometimes think of it as, oh, I wasn't mentally tough enough on race day. Well, you know why? Is because you didn't do the work back a couple months ago that would connect you to be able to hang in on race day when you didn't want right. to. It's not just like something you can turn on and off. Right. And that was my big elevation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, every every day and every run affords you the opportunity to do some type of work mentally. And it doesn't have to be um, extensive. It could be, you know, dedicating five to 10 minutes of each run to work on one of these specific skills. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's a parallel to running itself. The, the more consistent you are in doing these things over the course of time, the more accessible they're going to be when you really want them to be. And, you know, one of the things we mm-hmm. talk about, there's, there's kind of like this myth um, or this idea that some people have that you can just turn on mental toughness or grit at mile 20 of a marathon when you haven't practiced any of these skills all season long. And it, it just doesn't work. It's this building effect, um, you know, that, that you need to do. And it starts now. It's January. It's early January. People are starting to put their season together. And the more you can connect to the motivation and the commitment and the more meaningful those things are, the more likely you're going to be able to do the, the work in the middle in terms of understanding your mindset that's going to have an impact later in the season when, again, when you want it to be there. Hmm. Hmm. That's intriguing. Um, so, so as a, a longtime runner and a um, new dog owner, um, I have to ask, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Like, um, are, can experienced runners really change their mindset and their, their mental tactics? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, as long as you have a mind, you have the opportunity to work on, on changing it and to work on improving it and to utilize it like a skill. And I think just even that belief of, I can't do things differently or, um, you know, I'm, I'm an old dog and I can't learn new tricks like that, that in and, in and of itself is a belief that's going to cut you short. And so the, you know, mm-hmm. the first thing I, I really recommend to anybody who's going to go down this path is to have a little bit of openness to this, to have some openness to, um, to giving these skills a chance and then to just working on them slowly to see, uh, to see what kind of impact they're going to have. Um, one of the things that I recommend to a lot of people up front is, you know, here's a way to, to play with it is to take, take a week or to take a few days 
and to just really get down on yourself in your mind and everything that you do, you know, wake up and just be as negative as you can in your mind and do that in your running, you know, tell yourself mm. how bad of a run it is and just how awful it is and how bad it feels and see how you feel emotionally and see how that affects your performance. And then, you know, conversely to do the opposite, then to spend a few days or a week where you're, you're really congratulating yourself and you're being kind to yourself and you're giving yourself props and kudos and see how you feel then and then see how that affects your performance. And just even that simple little idea or those simple little tactics, um, I think goes a long way into giving you a little bit of insight into how powerful the mind can be in terms of not only performance, but how you feel about your performance. Even hearing you say that, Justin, like when you were saying, oh, you know, try for a couple of days to be as negative as you can. I thought, oh, that sounds dreadful. I don't want to do that. I would, I would just like, oh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, I have to start that on Saturday. Oh, the, then Saturday, Sunday, Monday are going to be just awful. Uh-huh. And so, so, so I'm like, huh, okay, maybe that's right. telling me something. There you go. There you go. It's, like, it's like the equivalent of, you know, like when you're doing like the muscle relaxation technique, you know, where you're like squeezing as hard as you can, you know, and giving yourself white knuckles and then relaxing so you can actually feel the relaxing more mm-hmm. because you've squeezed right and mm-hmm. so if you go so far down in the negative then when you come back up you're like oh yeah this makes a difference <laughs> yeah it's like a like a breath of fresh air and and yeah sarah to just to have that awareness like oh gosh that i can feel it already i'm not even doing it and yet thinking <laughs> about doing it is kind of it's a painful dreadful experience uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh yeah yeah um, and so I wanted to just talk for a second, just because we've, um, you know, this is our second year of doing these. And last year they were super helpful and we kept the groups really small um, and had some, um, it's it's a little, it's a little bit of a uh, complicated puzzle to put together, right? Because we want to get people on specific dates so that they can be with Justin and ask him questions and have direct access to this amazing sports psychologist. Um, but, you know, that's like, you know, your Tuesday is awesome. My Tuesday is way too crowded. You know, like there's, it's hard to do, you know? Um, So what we're, what we're going to do this year is we are going to do, open them up. Um, We're going to do one a month um, and we are going to open them up to 20 people and reduce the the cost quite significantly. Um, And what we're going to do is have um, in January, February, March, we're going to spend some time on those, on, on layers one and two, right? Mm -hmm. Justin? Yep. And- yeah. So, so last year, sorry to jump in, Dimity, but no, you're right. Good. Last year, we tried to, um, we tried to separate the, you know, those three sessions out a, a little bit more firmly. And I think this year it, it makes sense. And we had some conversation about keeping them a little bit more fluid. So, really, at the, you know, the first quarter here, the first three months is taking that idea of the of the foundation of goals and commitment and motivation and blending it with some of the you know the mental skills training and making both of those things a little bit more fluid um, and more accessible to hopefully a, a lot of people because we you know uh, I personally find these skills really helpful and and we want to give them access to um, to a lot of your runners exactly so that that's going to be up relatively soon the first date um i think we're looking at january 16th um which is in a couple of weeks and we'll have that registration open um by next week so just wanted okay. to tell you about that i um, just i also but, just want to jump in i i want as um a perk of being the co-founder of the business i want to be and perform like a mother this year okay um like that's a I just... that we can let you in i <laughs> okay. think i can make, create a comp code for you <laughs> okay thank you thank you <laughs> i love it it's great i love it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean sarah what, what do you feel like you need to work on i'm just curious like what what, what would you want out of perform like a mother that i um you know i, I find 
um, probably for the past, I don't know, five or six races that I've done, I have, I feel that during the training, I hold so firmly and so, um, uh, positively onto the goals that I have. And then on race day, then particularly in the later miles, it's like, Oh, you know, that it wasn't all that important. Like it's okay. Sure. Uh, Slippery. Yeah. Slippery <laughs> yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that, but I really want to hold on to that. And so, um, you know, and I don't know, there's just a part of it. I just, when I think I'm okay with my quote glory days being behind me, then I'm like listening to Justin talk. I'm like, Oh, huh. Okay. Maybe I could still, you know, run like a 155 half or something like that. Um, so yeah, I just uh, was looking, I thought I lost all the notes on my iPhone. This is a side note, but I, and I, and I was like thinking about all the things that I thought I lost because of that. And then I figured out how to refine them and one of the things was i'd written down my half marathon times at this very specific uh very flat very fast course here in portland and i was just looking at them being like what i did i ran i did not i could not believe the times that i ran and so it made me very nostalgic even though it wasn't all that long ago so i don't know justin i think maybe you could help me get get part of the way back there so i, I, I love I it help yeah all the way back there, all the way back there. Seriously. I mean, seriously, I will say, and I, and again, like I came in as a, I came in more as an MC than a, you know, than a um, participant. Yeah. Yeah. But just seeing the way that some women unfolded what they wanted to do and how they figured it out. And really, like I said, it was the roots and the, and the, and the, um, the feedback that we got afterwards was really very much about where your motivation is, where, what you call on when it gets tough. It's not just, I want to run a 155, but why do I want to run a 155? Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. matters so much more. Um, Mm -hmm. And Justin is just an expert at unearthing that and, um, and making every, everybody feel valued. I mean, I think some, sometimes women, you know, our crowd sometimes like, well, I'm, I'm a 245 half marathoner. I don't need to, you know, think about the mental fitness. And it's like, yeah, you I mean, if, if it's interesting to you and if you want to maximize your performance and feel so good about what you did that day and figure out why you're out there, it you know, the time certainly matters for everybody, but it also, it just brings this, um, this depth and this, um, I can't think of the word, but like this expanse to your running that, that you mm-hmm. hadn't really thought of before. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really untapped potential and it's so, so fun to see it unfolding. So I'm excited yeah. to be able to offer it to more people this year. Yeah. And I think the, you know, just the the last thought about it, 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 you know, it's not all about high performance. This isn't about necessarily making you faster. I I think often it's about just feeling better connected to yourself and your community and and to what the sport provides to each and every one of us that, you know, keeps us going every day and every week. And I think sometimes it's that piece. It's runners can be um, an ambitious bunch, but we can also be a punitive bunch, especially internally. Mm -hmm. And if we Mm -hmm. can let go of some of that self-criticism and that judgment and just enjoy it for what it provides to us, boy, it, it sure feels a whole, a whole lot better. Mm. I say let's end on that very positive note, Justin. Yes. Yeah. I'm well, I, I know I'm very excited now to be in perform like a mother. It's always wonderful to talk with you, Justin. Thank you. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Thanks, Justin. Sure. Last but certainly not least is Jennifer Harrison, one of two coaches of the triathlon program in the Train Like a Mother Club. A tri-coach for more than 15 years, Jen has also competed in more than 200, 200 triathlons and duathlons since 1995. Welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. 
Good, good. So 200 plus tries and duathlons. Um, do, <laughs> do one or two really stand out in your mind? You know, and I, I, I should have kept real accurate records of how many I really did. It doesn't really matter, frankly. You're lying. It's You're somewhere, lying. In that, somewhere in that range. But anyway, it is over definitely over 200. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to be cliche and say oh, Ironman Hawaii, but I think the first time I've done it like, I don't know, three, four times. I, every time I do it, it's it's really humbling for me. But I think the biggest race that stands out for me is um, a race called Eagle Man, which is a half Ironman 70.3 out in um, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I went out there in, let's see, my twins were two. And it was only my second half Ironman I had ever done. My twins were two and I just, or no, maybe it was like my third or fourth, but it was one of my early ones. And I just went out there to have a good race and do well. And I put a ton of training in and I ended up winning and wow. um, the wow. whole thing and qualifying for Hawaii. And all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, oh, I actually might do okay at this. So <laughs> I might have so a picture race, here. I might be able to do this. So that race stood out, stands out for me because um, it was one of those things where you go into a race with no expectations, no pressure. I was had two-year-old baby twins at home working, uh-huh. and it was just one of those things where it was probably my biggest accomplishment from a mom trath- triathlete standpoint. Yeah. And how old are, uh, I love that you like uh, Jen Gill are a twin mom and I'm a twin mom. So yes. tw- twin powers unite. Um, so how old are your twins now? Well, <laughs> they are going to be 16 on January the 19th. So I have oh, two teenagers. God. Yeah. not We oh. could do a whole podcast just on that. We I sure could. We should. We should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say so. Yeah, Sex, drugs, so and rock and roll. <laughs> oh my gosh my my older daughter is going to be 16 on january 10th so oh. I'm, right, I'm right there with you yes yeah oh, you know yeah. yeah yeah yesterday i was taking my daughter i have a boy and girl twins and i took yes, my daughter uh-huh. yeah yeah i think i knew that and i took my daughter out for driving and she just looked at me when, when we were out there and she goes this sucks i can't do anything right and i said well you know what darling you know, it doesn't suck and you can do a lot of things right, but you are behind a moving vehicle and it's negative 12 degrees outside with ice all over the road. So I'm going to be screaming, not screaming, but kind of parenting from a very aggressive standpoint. You know, she's supposed to get a license in three weeks. We live in Chicago. You've got to learn how to drive in really bad oh conditions. Uh, she, I think she divorced me because she won't drive with me anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, since it it is so miserably cold out there, and I know I just heard on the radio, like the East Coast is expecting a foot of snow this weekend. Um, You got to, so tell us um, your top one or two things that people can do when it is so crazy cold. Do you still run in this kind of weather? Do you take the treadmill? Like when when you have your athletes, you know, needing to stay on a training plan, what do you tell them to do when it's this crazy out? That's a great question. And I think everybody has their own level of threshold, depending on where you grew up. Um, You know, up until the last few years, I would run in anything. It didn't matter. I mean, I'm born and raised in Chicago and this is life, right? And, but I will say that I I always tell my athletes safety first. And you have to ask Mm -hmm. yourself, is the risk worth the reward? Is the risk of running three miles in negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit, icy roads worth the risk or the reward, excuse me? No, not usually. So my threshold is zero degrees. So anything under zero, I'm inside. 
Um, anything over zero, I'm outside, if, depending on the, the footing, if the footing is okay. So I kind of give my athletes the same discussion. Now, I have athletes that are obviously right in Texas, and it was 25 degrees. They thought they were all going to die, and I'd be out <laughs> running naked if it was 25 degrees. But, so you just, you just have to kind of – you have to understand where the athlete's coming from and what someone's cold definition is not the same as others. So I just always go back to risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so we had our first year in the Train Like a Mother Club with our triathlon. And I have to say, I think I think everybody thrived. And I think you and Elizabeth, who is your co-coach, mm-hmm. um, are just excellent leaders. I mean, you guys are so technically uh, proficient and so smart about so many different, I mean, because triathlon has a lot of moving pieces. So, I mean, talk a little bit about how you see our, how, how the mother runners did this year, and especially because they had, you know, three sports they had to get participate, you know, proficient in. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, Elizabeth and I absolutely loved coaching the triathlon program. And I think it was a lot of, you said it perfectly, a lot of moving parts. And I think when you come from, you know, when you, are a single sport athlete, not, not to take anything away from the complexity and the difficulty of that. But when you do triathlon, it's not only swim, bike, run, but it's strength, just like in the other sports, but it's just trying to coordinate all that. And if you miss a swim, well, then you only have another one or two more chances to swim that week because the other days you're running or biking. So I think this past year, we spent a lot of time talking to athletes on, it's okay if you miss that workout, let's be flexible. Let's move things around. Um, and, and talking to athletes a lot about frequency versus duration when they're new athletes. You know, it's very important, mm. very important as a triathlete to work on frequency. Um, and, you know, the more times, the more wet you can get in the pool, the better. So I always tell athletes, even if you only have 20 or 30 minutes, I'd rather you get in the pool, do a quality set, then skip the swim and do an hour the next day to make up for the miss or whatever it is, because your frequency trumps duration when you're a beginner triathlete. So that was something that we were trying to teach the athletes a lot of. And that changes a little bit as we get into the Ironman and and a little bit into the Ironman training. Um, We need a lot more duration. But for for the beginners, for sprint and Olympic, it kind of goes back to frequency. Absolutely. Right. So, okay. So you've, you've touched upon it and the, so that the big news in the triathlon segment of train like a mother club is that we have an Ironman training program. Oh my goodness. Cue the trumpets. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, we do. And that came up, that came about, I'm sure Dimity had heard uh, talking about it before, but from Elizabeth and I standpoint, for us, it's just a natural progression. And then in addition to that, we had so many athletes asking for Ironman and I had athletes emailing me or asking me offline about it. And I was like, whoa, 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 you know, let me run this, let's run this through Dimity. So, cause I was, I think they were afraid that train like a mother might not offer it. So we, Elizabeth and I went back to Dimity and said, yeah, you better offer it or they're going to, you know, something we're not going to be able to, they're going to look elsewhere. And we want to keep everybody. They're going to defect. We don't want them. Yeah, 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 exactly. We want people to stay in the family and kind of raise them from sprint Olympic half and full. If, if that's what they're interested in doing. So um, Mm -hmm. we're hoping that it takes off and we're hoping that people are interested. Elizabeth and I put a ton of time into writing the program. Um, It takes a lot as Dimity can attest to it's, yeah, three different sports um, plus strength 
And then we haven't even really gone over all the the fueling for all this. There's just such a bigger component to the Ironman uh, training as we as we get into race situations that could take anywhere from 10 to 17 hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's awesome though. I mean, it's 36 weeks, so it is a long time. I mean, it is nine months. It's basically a pregnancy, yes. right? <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, and and that's lovely. I mean, I kept kind of um, rallying, like, or you know, kind of asking for like, could we do 30 or 32? And they'd be like, 36, 36. I'm like, fine, fine, 36, because we want to get you there safely, smartly, injury-free, and have a good day. I mean, it is so fun. It's like a wedding day almost, right? There's so much planning and time that goes into it that you want to be able to feel good and get through all those miles and take it in and not suffer through them. Um, so it's, it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm super excited to, to watch people do it. Yes. And I think that that's what's really important with the Ironman. And I think your ultra runners will appreciate it too. Just the same kind of, there needs to be a lot of respect with the Ironman. Um, there needs to be a lot of a lot of preparation, a lot of planning. You have to create a village around the training that it's going to take to complete an Ironman. But at the same time, Elizabeth and I made the plan very doable. We made it, uh, it doesn't, you don't start off by riding a hundred miles during the first week. So we obviously build you up and, and there's, there's about eight weeks that are really kind of tough and long. And if you can get through that, then you'll be ready. And if you follow the plan, you'll be sufficiently prepared, which is the confidence you need to start the race and finish it, of course. Um, so as someone who's done one and probably always one um, Ironman, I know how much time and um, it takes and how much the timing has to be right. That's the thing, right? You can't just shove this square peg of an Ironman into a round hole. So kind of when in your experience with your athletes, Jen, what stars do you think have to align to promote success um, in this distance of training and race? That's a great question. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes people do an Ironman when they really shouldn't be doing Ironmans. Um, and I shouldn't really say that because it drives my business, but I have had many, <laughs> many conversations with athletes saying, yeah, it's probably not the right time. And what brings me to that conversation with an athlete is usually outside stressors. Um, people, if they don't have a village and they don't have support at home, it usually can be a big cluster, meaning if they, you know, their partner, their spouse, or if they're younger, their parents, whatever, whomever it is, they need to have somebody on board with them, helping them through uh, the training and frankly, picking up some of the slack at home when you're too tired or when your training uh, increases over, you know, as you get closer to your Ironman. So you have to have a village. I can't, I can't emphasize enough about having, um, you know, if money grew on trees, you'd have um, a massage <laughs> therapist, you would have a registered dietitian working, you know, like taking care of the whole village. Um, and Elizabeth and I try to provide all that feedback and information in the training plan. And then when we're obviously online doing ask me uh, the coach, you know, coaching, ask me coaching questions, um, office hours, some of the stuff that we do on the Facebook page, we'll be addressing all those inquiries. But the number one thing I say to people is you have to be of sound mind and body. <laughs> you have to be, you have to be, you have to have your SHIT together in order to do it. Um, because if you are, let me just use this as an example. If you're going through, God forbid, a divorce or something that is very emotionally taxing and you think that the Ironman is the way to kind of manage that, it usually doesn't work very well because 
um, you know, do a, do an Olympic distance triathlon then, you know, do something. But for an Ironman, just have everything together in your life and have enough emotional uh, capacity to handle it. It's not, it's not emotional at all, but you just, it's, you know, it's a lot of training. So just have everything in line. You don't necessarily need to do, if anybody's out there thinking they need to do a 70.3 before you do an Ironman, or you need to do a marathon before you do an Ironman, not, not necessary, but, but lovely. Um, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of phone calls from people. I've never done a triathlon. They go right to an Ironman. Now I will say, I will say (laughs) I do have many, I do have a hard conversation with them saying, eh, probably not, but some people sign up and then call me. So um, mm-hmm. what, all I'm saying is that you can do it if you, if you haven't done a marathon, definitely don't need a marathon to do an Ironman. Definitely not. If you could do a 70.3 on the way mm-hmm. to an Ironman, I would, I would highly encourage it. So that's kind of how I would have everything. The other thing too, is if you are coming and you are injury prone, um, you can, and you're on that back end of an injury, you'd be fine for an Ironman. If you're fighting something and you can't get it set, try to get that injury set before committing the Ironman Mm -hmm. because um, it won't get better. And we have to train for 112 mile bike, a marathon. I mean, so just have your bike. That's what Mm -hmm. I mean by having your house in order, you know, having Mm -hmm. everything in your house in Mm -hmm. order. I almost feel like it's like it's a good. I mean, I think of it almost as your life is boring. That's when it's time to do an Ironman. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you know what? your schedule. You know, that's really true. You know, you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not moving. You're not changing jobs. You're not. You know, mm-hmm. having getting married. Getting married. Yeah, or getting mm-hmm. married, or you know, or having maybe a, a child shift something dramatically, whether it's like a learning situation or whatever. Like it's 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 when you feel like. You know, yeah, I've got things in order. My, I'm, you know, I'm not bored. I'm going to do an Ironman, but like when you feel like it's just like, okay, I have the same. I've had the same routine for the last year or so, and I don't see it changing in the next year or so. This is interesting to me. I can do this now. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. So, Jen, how do you envision the um, group dynamic of the Tlam Club? enhancing the usually solo endeavor of this massive undertaking, like training for an Ironman distance triathlon. Yes. You know, in fact, that's one of the the trends of triathlon. What's hot really right now in triathlon is the sense of community. And one of the things, you know, that, you know, my job is to stay on top of these trends. And so Elizabeth and I have actually merged our communities, merged our not legally, but merged our businesses as far as community, just for that reason, just to offer our athletes more hmm. sense of uh, camaraderie, team, rah, 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 uh, and all that other stuff. So the Train Like a Mother group will have that have that opportunity to them on the Facebook page and Twitter and everything else, the podcast and everything else that uh, Train Like a Mother offers to, to have people feel like they could ask questions in a safe environment. Um, especially mm-hmm. it's just really important for beginners because I think sometimes beginners are afraid to ask questions because they think it's stupid. And really, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. will tell you the stupidest question I've ever asked. And I challenge anybody to ask a stupid, more stupid question than this. So everybody that's listening, that's a new triathlete or thinking about doing the Ironman. I had an athlete and I'm not talking behind her back because I, she knows I tell this story. I had an athlete years ago and I was doing some clinic or some triathlon clinic and she raised her hand and she said, I really don't understand what these goos are for. Could you tell me? She goes, because right now I've been using them. I, what I do is I open them and I swear, <laughs> I can't even tell the story. 
I spread <laughs> I spread the goo all over my body so that when I go in the open water, the fish don't eat me. <laughs> oh, no. my God. She gosh. did not. She did not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I kid you not. And she goes, so you got to help me understand. Is that what the goos are for? And I, I, I sat there and I looked at her. And she's a dear friend good friend of mine now. So I could tell the story, but I look at her. I still laughed at, to this day about that story. So I challenge anybody to ask a more stupid question than that. So that in all my years of coaching has been my barometer for stupid questions. So frankly, there are no stupid questions. So when we have these, when we have these opportunities to ask your coaches questions and we have you know the camaraderie of 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 the athletes getting on the facebook page and saying oh shoot you know it's negative 20 degrees outside today what should i do i'm afraid to run outside then the other members athletes get on and say oh you know why don't you just switch tuesday and wednesday or why don't you bike and you know so there's just this this um um, community that offers people kind of a safe environment and a sense of team Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. I agree a hundred percent. Yep. So, so Jen, so if anybody, if you could give three pieces of advice to someone about an undertake, start training for a triathlon and we're talking any distance here, what would you tell them? Uh, number one, have a plan, which is what obviously train like a mother offers. Uh, number two, have your village set up. And when I say village, I mean your children, your spouse, partner, whatever, have somebody on board. Don't think you can do this behind someone's back. Don't think you can do this. I'm just going to train in secret. So have all of that. You'd be surprised. Um, have all of that in order. Communicate to people, the loved one, your loved ones. And number three, um, don't take yourself too seriously. Have fun with it. Um, ask questions. Don't worry if you miss a workout. I mean, the the workouts are written the way that they're written, but we also have to have flexibility. And I think if people are too rigid and most of us that do triathlons are super type A. So if you're able to take Mm -hmm. a step back, take a deep breath and say, I can do this and have the right positive attitude. And one workout does not define you. You miss a workout, you quote unquote, mess up the workout. Who Who cares? Just move on. And I think you have to have that fluidity in your thinking or else we would all go crazy. Like, for example, um, I'll give an example of myself. I I don't have motivation issues. You know, I have the other problem where I was like, oh, today I should swim, bike, run, lift, and do everything because I'm a triathlete, right? Well, no. <laughs> I have somebody write my plan so that I don't do stupid things. But I was fighting a cold because it's a negative 1,000 degrees here in Chicago and because we're coming out of um, – obviously January 1st, which is busy time for triathlon and holidays. I am fighting a cold. So last night I said to my husband, I'm like, Ugh, I don't feel good. And my, I meet my people for 5:15 AM swim. And I texted the guy and I said, if I don't feel good, I'm not coming tomorrow. And I turned my alarm off and I slept till 6:30, which is crazy for me. And you know, and so that all I, the point of that is just to say, Hey, listen, Stuff happens. I didn't want to get a cold because if I get a cold, it turns into a sinus infection. I'm out for a week. Be smart. Take the time mm-hmm. off in the front end of it. And, you know, that. So anyway, so I share that just saying I want people to be really flexible, but also get the work done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and maybe ingest the goo. Don't rub it all over your body. <laughs> 
and finally, yeah, it goes in your in your mouth, not on your legs. And you don't like, you don't like uh, espresso love. Right. I love that story. That keeps me happy every day. <laughs> oh, it's a delight talking with you, Jen. And I'm uh, really excited to see how the Ironman and all the rest of the triathlon program shape up this year. Great. I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks for having me and Elizabeth, of course, as part of this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Feel better too. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. So how awesome are those three coaches? I just, I mean, the fact that they're like our quote unquote staff is just so, oh, I know. it's great. I mean, I, I only wish that we, you know, had a gym, <laughs> had, had a, had a real onsite location where I could, you know, actually interact with them more than over email and on the Facebook page, but they're just all so dedicated and invested and that goes through the you know we the coaches that we didn't have on as well and i just i just love that and fun i mean i just want to fly out to chicago you know and and you know have a drink with jen and then you know go for a trail run in san diego with jen gill and you know like oh my gosh (laughs) so yeah so yeah you have you put together a wonderful team there dim so so thank you and then um so many exciting opportunities so if you haven't figured it out, folks, it's trainlikeamother.club. So head on. Yeah, over thanks there. for thanks for letting us uh what what do we call it? Photobomb. Photobomb this podcast. Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So and obviously we got the all the other programs as well. The um, you know, typical running programs, your 10K marathon, half marathon, heart rate programs, ultra programs with um, Stephanie Howe, who is also just such a cheerleader. So anyway, I'll shut up now. I just, I'm excited. I'm so excited for 2018. It's really hard to, um, it's hard to keep my, uh, my britches on. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're going to be still saying happy new year to folks, you know, three months from now, Tim. I can exactly. I'm going to be like, oh, you know, it's 2018 and we have an Iron Man program. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I just have to, before we, wait, let's just circle back because you exceeded your goals by um, over 106 miles this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what are we, what are we setting for 2018? Oh, oh yeah. I knew you'd put me on the spot. Um, so it really depends. On, it really <laughs> de- it depends. That's my gift, Sarah. Yeah. That's my gift. It's my superpower. <laughs> it depends on whether I do another, if I do a marathon, marathon. this year. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, t- two, three months ago, I would have said, said no. Um, but I'm, I have opened my mind to the possibility. Um, Justin's going to help you, man. I know. You're going to perform like a mother. <laughs> I sure am. I sure am. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, Dim, it turns out that early January, I don't know if you knew this. Um, it's a time that many folks are looking for new podcasts. Uh, maybe they have a new device or they're looking to be distracted on the instead mill. Cause it's, you know, negative a thousand out, like Jen said. Um, so I'm not sure why exactly, but I, uh, we want to capture some of those eager listeners. So, of course. If you may- yeah, yeah. So, if listener, you, you, I'm, I'm pointing at you, listener. If you made it this far in the show, it seems like you must like what you hear. So, could you please do us a favor and tell a bunch of your friends about it? Like, talk up the Another Mother Runner podcast at on your next group run or the yoga class you attend, or tell some parents at that PTA. Uh, meeting that you're sitting in or your coworkers at lunch um, and perhaps most effective post on Facebook about an episode you enjoyed encouraging your friends and family to give us a listen. Uh, we would really appreciate it and thank you in advance for spreading the word. Our podcast is a member of the Megaphone Network and our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles to you in 2018. Many, many happy miles. Let's go Iron Man.